liked. I got into comedy because I like comedy because I think that I'm funny. I didn't get into it because I think I'm good at knowing how to grow a comedy business. Hmm. And I think all the other artists are the same way where you have people who are like, I'm a good painter. I'm a good musician. I'm a good photographer. They get into that for that reason. And then you can start to stagnate because you're not doing the business part of it. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is the Benchmark Podcast, where each week we create breakthroughs in the creative lives and businesses of our guests, who are artists, creatives, and small business owners. This week, my guest is Steve Solberg, a comedian and host and a dear friend who was willing to be the guinea pig for this very first episode of the podcast. In today's episode, we talk about wrestling with the idea of fame as a creative, getting exposure through social media, and we attempt to get Steve a breakthrough on what he can really focus on in his business to get the thing he really wants, which is probably different than what you're thinking. This is typically where you'd hear a sponsor message, but since this is a podcast to help promote the Benchmark app, I'll just tell you to go check out the free training that we have for you at benchmark.app. That's B-N-C-H-M-R-K.app. And learn more about this tool we've built to help people get control over the results of their businesses. Steve, welcome to the podcast, man. You're my very first guest. This is crazy. It is crazy. Thank you for having me. This is so cool to be uh, on the debut show. So I'm excited. Yes, I couldn't think of a better person to be on the on the debut because with your background, you know, I, I assumed that you would be able to roll with the punches better than most if things started going <laughs> off the rails. Well, well, hopefully I don't force it off the rails. I, yeah. So let's uh, start with an introduction. Tell us who you are, what you do, what, how you got into what you do. Let's start there. Sure. Um, I mean, I'm Steve Solberg. That's my product is me. Uh, I'm a stand-up comedian. So I... Uh, just do stand up like uh, traditional that that people sometimes get confused when you say you're a stand up comedian they go so what do you do and i'm like did you ever see seinfeld and uh it's that i tell jokes on a stage with a microphone in front of an audience uh that being said uh you know i mean like any career that's the essence of it but of course you end up doing eight million other things and nobody can just start off as a stand-up comedian um uh when i started trying to pursue this career i knew i needed to uh, generate more income than stand-up comedy was going to provide me just right off the bat nobody's going to pay for you like when you're like i'm a stand-up pay me my annual salary you know there's it it takes a while to get into it. So I did MC work for uh, different uh, companies, different race companies, uh, the Ragnar uh, Relay Series. And uh, there was this race called uh, Color Me Rad where they threw those color everywhere. They were popular for about two years. I like the Holy years Festival. There. And then, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Like the Holy Festival. Um, and uh and then they did it in a 5k <laughs> and and then they went you know what let's just do it at the festival changed our minds uh, the, <laughs> so that lasted for a short while and i did that to sort of make money and be able to continue pursuing uh you know my dream of being a stand-up and uh and it's been going good uh, I, of course 2020 is different whereas uh live shows 
in person are a much less common thing. Uh, and we're doing so much more of talking to the camera, talking on Zoom or whatever. Um, you know, uh, which is which is kind of tough. It's funny because you you find yourself going, wow, I, I liked it when I could hear the laughs and, and whatnot. But now I'm getting used to seeing the reaction on screen and being like, did that get a laugh? <laughs> <laughs> I remember... And sometimes it does. I remember right at the beginning of the summer, well, even like late spring. So what was it? Probably April or May. Like we had just kind of become friends over the previous few months right before COVID hit, I think. And you did one of these shows where you were like in your basement and on Zoom. And it was like the first yeah. time you were trying it. And I was like, yeah, this guy's super funny. Like we saw you at a show before that at Dry Bar. But uh -huh. like, man, that that's doing it right that's putting in the work to transition and change when the world around has changed it's like well no one's no one's gonna solve the problem for me so like the fact that you went out there and did it so i'm curious like what is it about comedy that drew you to it and keeps you motivated besides obviously the money right right yeah yeah <laughs> you definitely have to find a motivation other than money because <laughs> at first you're not gonna make any <laughs> um you know it's interesting because I, I i originally was drawn to it i i think just because i loved the feeling of the stage and the feeling of putting on a show um i think we've talked about this before like i studied biology in college and did the whole pre-med route and thought i would you know go to med school uh become a narcissist as i like to say uh <laughs> but something there there is probably a degree of narcissism in doing stand-up i mean getting that feeling of of laughs and stuff but i've had a few shows where um i've had different people come up to me after the show this has happened twice um where a person comes up to me and says i a well i had a gentleman come up to me after the show and he said my my wife died in december and uh of of last year and he said i haven't laughed for a year and a half um until tonight and uh it was an emotional moment we gave him a hug and just said man i'm glad you could laugh again and um and then last last year around this time i did a show up in washington state and had a, a similar experience where a, a, a woman came up to me and she said her uh, spouse had passed away yeah. And that she also hadn't laughed in in a long time. And she said, I felt like he was here with me tonight laughing and I uh, just gave her a big hug. And those types of experiences have made me realize when we say laughter is the best medicine, um, I believe it. Man, it is so healing, so powerful. And then uh, you, you realize that you have like a message to share. It doesn't have to be any sort of deep, meaningful message, but at least just a message that's helping people to laugh and let go of all the things that we carry around with us. So that type of thing right now has become paramount in my motivation is to be able to reach the largest number of people so that I can have that influence to help people be happy and help people let go of the pain that uh, life sometimes gives us. Yeah. How important is it to you, do you think, as a comic, 
or really as any type of creative, I think we can expand it out a little bit, but to have that kind of singular focus that isn't driven by like status or fame or fortune or any of those kind of vain metrics, like that's a really noble thing to be thinking about. You're going to go in and change people's lives in this very specific way that only you can. How important is that to your success as a creative? You know, I think it's vital. Uh, it's interesting because when I worked at uh, one of those race companies, um, <laughs> I would do events sometimes that had uh, several thousand people. Mm-hmm. I did one event one time in Toronto that had 20,000 people at the event, and I was the MC. <laughs> and I stood up on the stage and they uh, they wanted me to be the, the rock star. Um, this is sort of an interesting... I hope it's okay to do this story because the the guy who was the photographer came up to me uh, halfway through the event and he goes, Steve, you're letting too many. I'm just going to say it. He said, you're letting too many chubby girls on stage. Uh, And his uh, tag. Yeah, it was a weird (laughs) thing to say. And it's like, I'm embarrassed to even tell the story now. He just said, yeah, don't let so many fat girls on stage. Hmm. Um, and, uh, I was like, okay, whatever, you know, and I didn't listen to him because I didn't believe in what he was saying. He's like, we, we are just here to, you're, you're the rock star and they need to believe that. And so only let hot girls up on stage. And I was like, this guy's an idiot. Uh, because in my opinion, the show is never about, uh, me being a rock star or whatever. Uh, to me, it's about connecting with the people and making them happy. And so I have to admit that after he said it, I was like, I was like, I will get the heaviest stage. <laughs> like, I'll get everybody up here, fat, skinny. I don't care what you look like. You're going to be on my stage and going crazy and dancing. Um, so I want the show, I want the people to feel like it is about them. And it, uh, it's it's about me connecting to them and us being like, isn't life cool, you know? Um, that being said, I mean, that, that that's maybe perhaps one of my challenges. Uh, and I'm maybe jumping ahead here, but <laughs> uh, but that's that's one of the things that I'm struggling with. I. I have a hard time with the idea of fame because I don't really seek it per se because i have this opinion like oh it's not about me it's about them but i'm realizing also there's a degree of confidence and and assurance that comes when someone feels that you're famous Mm. and because they feel connected to you immediately they feel like and they're going to start laughing at your stuff quicker i think if Mm. they feel like oh this guy's famous you know i've been to shows where famous people have performed and the crowd is going wild and i see the jokes and i go this guy's i mean he's open mic level you know no offense to the comedian but it's like open mic jokes but the crowd is going wild and then i've been to open mics where i'm like that joke's hilarious and the crowd is laissez-faire about it and uh i think huh so there's something to uh fame that allows a crowd to trust you so I find myself in this little bit of a paradox trying to go, 
Well, I don't really like the idea of being famous, but I think it's necessary in order to gain this pre-show trust uh, where they come into the show feeling like they already know me. Like they're like, yeah, I know Steve Silberg, funny guy. And then they're quicker to laugh, you know, and I don't have to spend all this time like building up a uh, rapport and stuff like that. I can just jump in and start doing jokes. Hmm. Um, I mean, it'd be interesting. Is, some of that is more theory of how to do stand up and stuff like that. And maybe there's other more successful stand ups than me that say, eh, don't worry about it. Just do your stuff and be funny. Uh, and I'd like to believe that that's all it takes. But sometimes I think there's uh, maybe a little bit more to the uh, to the ingredients, right? that make a successful stand up. I mean, I've been doing this for uh, about 12 years now. It's my full time job for about three or four years. Um, and and so and the brand has grown. Mm -hmm. But the hard thing is, is you find yourself comparing yourself to others. Uh, 12 years is a long time to be doing stand up. And there's other stand ups that I know who've been 12 years who are household names. And I am not. <laughs> and so you go, okay, how do I become a household name? Uh, what's the secret sauce there? Which I know is a pretty big uh, question. Uh, and if there was some sort of right answer, probably, I don't know, maybe there'd be a lot more uh, people we know that are famous or whatever. <laughs> maybe. Well, I mean, you've given us a lot of nice transitions into the, the second half of the conversation. Um, I'd love to see if there's one area that you would like to focus on, but just for those that are watching or listening to this, uh, once we are done filming it, <laughs> the next part of this podcast is where I do everything I can to try to get the guest, Steve here, a breakthrough in their business or in their creative life. So, um, we haven't pre-planned this. This is like kind of on the fly. And so I'd definitely love to see if there's one area you would like to focus on that we can help out a little bit. Because for me, this is an opportunity to help a ton of people who listen to this by helping you. Because you represent the audience right now, right? You're a creative. You're an artist. You've been doing it for more than a decade. I'm sure there is a large percentage of the audience that is in the same boat going, I'm really good. I know what I'm doing. I'm professional. I've been doing this, but X, Y, Z, right? There's always that little undercut that we do. And so what is it for you, Steve, that you'd like to focus on? We could spend 20, 30 minutes talking about it and hopefully get you a breakthrough that you can take into your business and into your creative life and feel like you're making some progress there. Right. Uh, I, th I think exposure... Um through social seems to be the biggest. Uh, and I've, I've taken a couple different uh, ideas on how to do it because um, like, you know, you mentioned you'd seen me at uh, dry bar and stuff like that. I, I've used those guys because they have a fantastic audience. that's mm -hmm. growing by the, I think there are five million, maybe 6 million now. Jeez. And, and that exposure has been great, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, to be able to reach out to that audience and, and I've reached a lot more people that way. Um, the question that I have is how do I get that for my own 
brand, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they've been fabulous and they've helped me tremendously. And I'm thankful for them, for that aspect. But there's this part of me that wants to be able to move over. I mean, I went on the dry bar comedy tour last year and went to all these clubs. We went to over 60 cities, me and uh, three other comics. And uh, they went, yeah, we'd love to have you guys back. But each time they've had us back as the dry bar tour, right? It's never been. And then we had Steve Solberg and then we had Shane Smith and then we had Alex Valuto or Jay Whitaker. It was always just like the, you know, the gang, uh, which is great. It's been super fun, but yeah, eventually you go, I, I need to be uh, my own thing. Um, that's one of the advantages of comedy is you're not a band. You don't have to uh, rely on other pay people. for four people. Right. Cause, cause the, the truth is, is that the clubs to divide what their earnings are by four is already very, uh, it's kind of slim for them and slim mm -hmm. for us. Yeah. Um, True story. And, and I think all four of those comics, like they're all great, but I, I think eventually we all know that we want to do our own thing. Yeah. And so my, my thought is that uh, the way to do that would be uh, getting my own social presence uh, stronger and, and increasing the influence there, uh, which I know again is, and maybe I'm giving you too broad of a, a thing where it's no, like all context is what it is <laughs> yeah yeah it's still so huge because i think i want to be internet famous and it's like how do you do that outside of putting a chewbacca mask on like <laughs> like you can i don't know and maybe that's well, it but and the question i have for that is how much money is chewbacca mom making two three years after the fact yeah i don't know probably not uh probably not Probably okay, let's let's roll with what you kind of set up there for us, right? Because there's a lot that we can kind of reframe and think about in different terms and different words even to mm -hmm. get us to somewhere where we then have a plan of action to move forward to get what it is that we're actually after. So where I'd like to start and then, yeah, notes. I love it. <laughs> He's got his pen out. Um, I mean I know this is being recorded, but that makes me very, very happy. That is a huge confidence boost on my end. So thank you. So okay. here's where I want to start with you, Steve. What's the actual outcome that you care about? Is it a number of followers on social media or is it a different outcome? Whether it's larger amount of people it shows so you can get more laughs, whether it's more shows of a different variety of a different size, whether it's a certain number of income, What's the actual outcome that you are trying to get through this process of getting more social media followers? Uh, that's a solid question. I think, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Because it used to be pre-COVID, I just said, I just want to increase my influence so that I can have more of those warm, fuzzy situations where people come up to me and say, I haven't laughed since X, Y, Z. And thank you. You helped me laugh tonight. And I go, yeah, that's, that feels amazing. Um, you know, during COVID where your whole year marches out the door in the matter of a couple of weeks uh, and all your income goes from 
you know, 60 to zero real fast. Mm-hmm. You, I find myself now going, well, <coughs> I'd like to try to stay afloat still, you know, because all the money is, I mean, there still is events and stuff like that. Yeah. Albeit many of them virtual. Um, so, sorry, I feel like I'm dancing around the issue here. I think it's a little bit of a mix. Probably I don't know. Not something I, you've thought about it. before, right? Yeah, yeah, that's probably so why I'm, I, I am putting, I mean, I'm being put on the spot, but I'm putting you on the spot as well. Surprise. <laughs> that wasn't yeah. in our prod, podcast prep document. Um, but good. here's the essential principle behind that, which is if you don't know the outcome that you're after, then you don't know if the actions you're taking on a daily basis or weekly basis are getting you any closer to the thing you actually want. So if you're, if you believe that the goal that you should be chasing is more followers on social media, well, Uh you can get there, but it may not result in more money, more shows, more of these moments where you helped me laugh for the first time in a year. And those are the things I heard that you care about, right? Yeah. So we need to know and be able to test and validate if if I get 10,000 more followers on Instagram or YouTube or Facebook or whatever the platform is, does that equal more of X, Y, and Z that I actually care about? And ideally, it's just one thing that we're really aiming for. So I've heard you bring up this you know, you help me laugh moments a couple times. Yeah. And yeah. that is such a, I said noble before, I really believe it's a noble thing because it's an externally motivated thing. Your, your drive in that scenario, at least how I understand it, is you're driven by this sense of contribution that you're able to give something to someone else that they couldn't have gotten anywhere else which you've proven by them saying, I haven't laughed in a year, right? That is solid proof that you, Steve Solberg, comedian, gave them something that nobody else could. And that, we just call it a sense of contribution. Like that's the motivating thing under that's underlying that, is this need to contribute. So ideally, we could even add on to that because if our outcome is to contribute, we could even add on to it by saying buy. So contribute to people in the form of giving them these opportunities to laugh and to release and to have these moments by playing bigger shows, you know, having more, having shows more often, having multiple streams of income is how it's normally phrased, but I would even tweak that to say multiple ways of getting people those moments. So it's not only limited to live shows, but it could be a recording. It could be a uh, a re- recording, but like a dry bar special, right? So like anytime yeah. you have ways to deliver yourself to people, you're still contributing, right? You may not get that one-on-one feedback, but the outcome that you're after, which is giving people those moments, still exists. And you're going to get those moments of feedback in different ways. You'll get people sending you messages or sending you emails or responding to as a comment on a YouTube thing to say, oh my gosh, I haven't laughed in a year, right? So 
yeah, a lot of our life, including these moments of interaction, have gone virtual, unfortunately, because I like those in-person moments as well. Um, so I think that's the first principle. I tend to talk a lot, so I'm going to try to cut myself off real quick. First principle, basic principle is optimize for a single outcome for your business. And your business should be giving you, the business owner, because believe it or not, Steve, even though you're a comedian, you have a business and you are the business owner and your business should exist to make your life better, I think. And so it needs to give you the things that you're after, which are these moments, right? So I'd like to quickly show you one thing we can use this benchmark tool to show you kind of what that looks like, right? Um, We're going to do this in the sales tab because this is kind of a way of using this tool to reverse engineer. I should probably switch over to this screen before I start talking about it. Nobody knows what I'm looking at. So if you're listening to this, you know, there's a link to the video on YouTube so that you can see the actual uh, tool that I'm pulling up here on my screen and showing to Steve. So what this is, is it outlines that every single customer or client of yours, so we're going to use customers for you because you've got people that are paying money to come to a show. That's a single transaction. You're not doing a project for them. You're doing like a single transaction. Uh, I'm using business terms just to be really specific and clear here. So what this is showing is that a typical business, every single business that exists in the world, is you have to start from a place where people don't even know you exist, right? So there's seven and a half billion people in the world, and there's a few thousand that know Steve Solberg exists. Maybe it's tens of thousands. Maybe it's 20s of thousands. I don't know what the number is. I'm not trying to insult you by saying thousands, but there are, (laughs) let's say there's less than a million people that know who Steve Solberg is as a comedian, right? So one place we can focus on is all this other seven and a half billion people who don't know you exist and try to get more awareness that way, right? Um, It goes from knowing you exist to clicking on something that can help them understand better who you are, what you do, whether that's a social media account or a YouTube video or any of those number of things or going to a show and seeing you. Um, And so what we want to do with this really quickly is show you how you could use a tool like this to reverse engineer the outcomes that you actually care about. And what I think it will reveal is that maybe you don't need as many people as you actually think. Because you've all of a sudden taken the goal from, I need a million followers in order to be a successful comedian to, wow, I maybe only need a very small percentage of that in order to get these moments of interaction where people are saying, man, you helped me laugh, right? So the nice thing about this tool is you can tweak it any way you want. So we can say, instead of number of orders, we can say number of laughs, right? Because that's specific to you. And so, you know, we're, let's scroll down because we're in September, uh, we're in October. Holy cow, we're in October, right? So this is broken down by week. And what you can do is say, maybe you want four of these moments every week. That'd be great, right? You got four different nights that you're doing comedy. You'd like to have one of those moments every single night. Well, how many people need to be in a crowd 
for you to have one of those moments after the show or a comment from somebody that makes you feel really good about your life, that you did a good job, that it's worth continuing, that you're doing what you set out to do. What do you think? I'm putting you on the spot again, but, and these don't have to be accurate numbers. These are estimates because we're using it in a different way. We're reverse engineering this. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think you need too many in that audience, to be honest, to get, uh, to reach that moment. Um, if it's just one person, I would go conservative. I, I would say you need 10 people in the audience to, to get someone to say that, that got me kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this, yeah, I don't really think you need that many. No, it's perfect. So this tab that we're looking at, this screen that we're looking at is showing kind of a four step sales process. You go from like people knowing you exist to like signing up for an email list to having like a sales conversation and then becoming a new customer. Most people for you, I think are not going through that level of a sales journey and you're not having a a one-on-one conversation with every single person that ends up coming to a show, right? Because your clients, a lot of times, unless you're putting on the show and charging the dollars and setting up the Zoom or, or the live feed or whatever, a lot of times your customer isn't even the audience member. Your customer is the venue owner or the, the streaming platform or whatever it might be, right? So right. the question then becomes, all right, how many, um, how many of these individuals who own, rather, let's put it this way, how many shows do you need to have to get to 10 new customers <laughs> in a week? <laughs> how many shows do I need to have? Right. I mean, um, 0.2 probably like you're, you're probably doing shows for way more people than that. And part of this is sure. I am, I am yeah. tweaking this on the fly for your specific situation. So let's tweak new customers to audience members. Okay. Yeah. That makes a little bit more sense. I think. Whoa. Yeah. You could even maybe just say audience. Yeah. Uh, since uh, my members would have this feeling like they're they're in person, but they might not be. Yeah. Um, there's another conversation that I've had a few times where someone comes up to me and says, this has oddly enough happened four times. Um, <clears throat> they came up to me and said, I've seen Jerry Seinfeld. I've seen Jim Gaffigan. Uh, another guy said uh, he added to it, Brian Regan. And, uh, and they said, and I like you the best which is you know comedy awesome. is always subjective right sure. but it still felt good yeah to, to get compared to these greats and have them go i like you and i'm like wow because i admire those comedians greatly and uh i consider it a, a very nice compliment um so those sort of things are ones that i've held on to for a long time with the same value of uh of the people who have said, yeah, you've touched my life, you've helped me, et cetera, so forth. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, I've had that like six times in, <laughs> you know, 12 years. Yeah. That being said, um, those six times have happened in the last uh, three years. Okay. Um, so if we have two a year, maybe a good goal would be to say, how do we get more than two a year? How do we get one every month? 
instead of every yeah. six, right? So this right. is going to seem weird because we're going to split people into quarters, right? So we'll say 0.25 okay. <laughs> for um, each one of these. So if we say we want to have one every month, right, which is a pretty great goal, then how many people... Every, uh, quarter, yeah. This is, yeah, this is just the month of October that we're talking about. So we could start oh, with okay. one every, we could start with one per quarter, but, you know, let's shoot oh, yeah, for month month here a little bit. Um, because what we're trying to do is reverse engineering this thing. So how many people do you normally um, get in front of in, in an average week? Uh, <clears throat> let's see. Let's talk this week, for example. So. Well, it's Wednesday right now. So actually, mm -hmm. early in the week, I usually don't have too many shows. Like, So maybe I'll have to go last week. Last week, I did a virtual show for a college um, and then a virtual show for a company and then a live show. Who did I do a live show for? Oh, and I did a live show at an outdoor event. Okay. Oh, and then I did a couple of opening sets for a buddy uh, at the comedy club. So how many was that? So was that six shows? Five. Two virtual, one live, uh, five shows, two uh, opening sets. Okay. So yeah, uh, five shows. Maybe we do it this way. Shows, audience. Um because there's two ways you could look at this. One is how many venue owners or gig um, creators or things like that do you need to reach out to and connect with and and bring on as a client in, in every week in order to have this number of shows. And the other question is, how do you get more people to your shows, right? Because you're not really going to affect too much if a company is hiring you for their 200 employees to come and do a virtual gig, you're kind of limited on 200 people, right? You don't have any way to influence that show, that outcome. Um, and that might not even be the opportunity where you have that moment. I'd like to ask when you had these, you know, two or six different interactions with people, what, um, what kind of shows were those? Were those, specials were they your shows were they live comedy shows or were they corporate gigs like what was the scenario there yeah uh two of them were corporate events um one of them was a uh uh an event that i had done that was sort of a variety show type thing uh with some singers and a beatboxer um and then the rest were just more traditional stand-up uh shows Okay. Just a comedy club kind of thing. Okay. That's interesting to me because I would have guessed that they did not happen at the corporate events, but here we are. And so what that shows me is it's not really about how do we optimize for more of a certain type of show. It's just how do we get enough shows to where this serendipitous opportunity pops up? Um, because what we could probably safely assume is that for every one or one person that's talked to you and come up to you and said specifically, Hey, Steve, you gave me an opportunity to laugh for the first time in a year. There's probably 10 or dozens of people that have had that experience, just didn't express it to you, didn't have the opportunity or 
you know, the, the Zoom call ended before they could chat with you or anything like that, right? So um, I think, you know, if we're talking about five shows a week or, yeah, I would say, so five shows and what's like your average um, audience per show? Um, it's shrank, of course, during 2020. I mean, those two Zoom shows, one was about 20 people and then the other was about 50. Um, and then the outside show was not that many either. Even that was maybe 60. And I would say that would be the same number for the, uh, the club show. Okay. About 60 as well. Well, maybe 70. It's a bigger room. Okay. So we're averaging like 60 people right now. Okay. Yeah. So... In order to get those five shows that have 60 people each, how, well, we we should actually say not average there, but like 315 is I think what that total was. Um, what's the, how many, how many people do you need to talk to to get those five shows lined up? Because my guess is that it's not as simple as calling up five people and you get five shows. Maybe it is, and that's awesome. But what is that? part of your business look like? Cause you're doing a lot of what's called business development or biz dev where you're lining up shows for yourself. Right. Right. Um, I mean the college shows, uh, that one, my agent lined up and, um, but again, she is more than ha- like, she wants us to do as much finding as possible mm-hmm. um, because she kind of mentioned that, She's like, I send out emails and they just get, you know, the Mm. customer doesn't really care. But if you send out an email, then the customer tends to open them because she's like, I, (laughs) I send thousands of emails every day. Yeah. Um, And they see my name and go, yeah, there's Laura again, you know, but, uh, when it's, when it's coming from me, it's a little different. So, so she has me doing, so I do some of the emails, um, using her email list and stuff like that yeah. uh, to find. Um, I don't, I, I of course could be doing more. Uh, there's always that feeling like. How many do you think you need to, how many do you think it takes in order to get those five shows a week? Is that 10 emails or is it 30 emails or is it 50 emails or like, what does a kind of an average look like? How many conversations do you have to land one show out of that? Huh. Um, gosh, I mean, her email list sends out to thousands, right? So, mm-hmm. so we might in- end up emailing 15,000 and get, you know, a few gigs. But those aren't, com- those, um, but aren't, always- those aren't conversations, those are- though, right? So those are one-way things. So those people are aware of you. That would maybe be here. Like you've got 15,000 people between social media and email lists, maybe it's 20,000 people, right? So you've got that, but how many actual like conversations do you need to have, whether through text or email or messenger or whatever, or phone call with gigs, venue owners, networks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to get those five shows a week? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd say... 
Uh, huh. It's not that many. I, if we're to the point where we're having a conversation, mm -hmm. I actually almost, I would say 50% of the time locking it up if we're okay. having a conversation, nice. um, which is pretty good. Um, but yeah, the cold calling or the not calling, but you know, the cold emailing that the number changes drastically <coughs> where it's right. like, yeah, I'd, I'd need 15,000 to get five. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah. if we're having like a conversation, to be honest, even 50% is low. Usually if we're talking, I'm going to book the gig. Yeah. Uh, I'd say 50% is very conservative. Might be high as 80%, but yeah. So let's say we could do that. Let's do 70%. Call it call it in between, right? So yeah, yeah. Here's here's where I wanna wanted to kind of get to, right? We haven't had a single conversation of followers or people on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube subscribers or, or views on our videos or anything like that, right? Our entire mm -hmm. conversation has been around how do we get more of these moments where people really connect with you and get an opportunity to laugh. And you get the feedback and the validation of you contributed to my life. Because that's what we're, if you chose to, you could optimize your entire business around that. Now, that should also lead to income and revenue, right? You can't just live and survive off of people telling you you're a good comedian, right? So, but this is one way to use this tool to kind of think about your business in a different way. If the current reality is you have seven conversations a week, which leads to five shows, which leads to reaching th over 300 people in a week. And, you know, right now the average is about one every six months that you get someone coming up to you, right? So if we wanted to do that once a quarter, all we would need to do is double the number of people that we were reaching every week, right? This is just, it's a little okay. simplistic because we're talking about numbers right here, not necessarily people. And, you know, depending on how people are feeling at any moment, they maybe a year ago, they would have been much more likely to come up to you after a show and say hi. But now they're just running back to their car and not talking to people in close proximity because of COVID, right? So we got to take some of those things into effect. Let's get to the point though, because I don't want to just drag this out and make you go, why are we talking about this so much? <laughs> no, so, I, I love it. It, it reminds me of the movie Moneyball. <laughs> it's a little bit like that, but I think it's a beneficial process for artists and creatives, especially to go through because we, and I put we myself in that we, we don't think about our business that much. We go, well, those things are business stuff and I don't like business stuff. I like being a comedian. I like doing the shows writing the songs, making the films, whatever it is, taking the photos, all the business stuff, we would rather just have it take care of itself. What I hope to show in this podcast is that if we just do a little bit of that business stuff, then all the other things actually line up because we have clarity and confidence that the actions we're taking on the business stuff are actually helping us do more of the art stuff, the creative stuff. So if we're optimizing for you, Steve, for these moments of interaction where people are saying, dude, 
I haven't laughed in a year. And you are freaking funnier than some of these massive comedians I saw at a stadium last month. Then one way we could do that is by reaching more people, increasing the audience, right? So one way to do that is this process that we just kind of reverse engineered. And we put hard numbers down so we could see what has to happen in order to make some effect on those numbers. So if we wanted to get to 450 people next week, well, maybe that's six shows instead of five shows, which means we need to talk to eight people instead of seven people, right? So we could we could focus on just this row of conversations. We'd say, well, it's pretty easy to just say, well, I have this hypothesis that if I double the number of conversations I had each week, that would double the number of shows that I have. And that would double the number of people that I reach every month or every week. And that would get me those interactions twice as fast, which takes you from once every six months to once a quarter. Right? So is it feasible or possible that you could double your conversations that you have in a week, go from seven to 14, which would lead to 10 shows, which will lead to 630 people. Is that something that's feasible or is it like it would take way too much time to have 14 conversations and there's no way you'll there's only so many hours that you're awake and I'd have to work 80 hours a week in order to have 14 conversations. Um, no, I, I, I think, uh, it's possible. It'd be nice to know the right people to talk to because now I, like I said, my numbers are so high where I'm having a conversation and I'm getting a show mm-hmm. in part because I feel like I'm talking to the right people, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, some of them are just like, well, uh, some of the, the local shows where I said I was just opening up for a friend, that was just a text message. Yeah. Hey, can I uh, open this week for my buddy? I'm on the, <laughs> I'm headlining that same club this weekend. So I think it's a good idea to have me on the show to promote my own show for the next weekend. And he yeah. goes, sure. Yeah. Great idea. Perfect. Um, That's pretty easy. So that, that of course went very fast. Right. Um, well, some of the other ones, like the live event that I was at, that was the outdoor event. Uh, that person sought me out uh, and asked me to be on that show. Um, I'm surprised at how often sometimes I'm getting like sought out when you said we don't like to do the business part of the show that's that's me exactly i i don't do a ton of the business i love to have somebody else handle as much of that as possible because i hate doing it yeah so i i think i i could try to i could do more and make more conversations and stuff like that i don't know if my ratio would stay as high uh, whereas conversations translates to shows exactly because um, I the the stuff that I'm getting is so handed to me on a platter, you know, where I'm connecting with the exact <laughs> right people. Yeah. Of course, I guess the only way you find out is if you try, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. So. so here's what my challenge would be for you is focusing on this. Here's one option. It's not that I'm going to follow up with you and say, did you do this? Because it has to be in alignment with what you really want for your business. But 
Let's take the mm. example that you gave me where you're up. You would like to get more of these moments, right? And I think it's a smart one because in order to get more of those moments, what we've seen is that we need a bigger audience, more shows, et cetera, et cetera. Inherent in that equation is more revenue, right? If you double the number right. of shows, you're going to nearly double, if not more than double your revenue. Maybe you have to take some lesser paying right. shows or some free shows in order to get those initial doubling. But all of a sudden, you went from a comedian who's doing ten, five shows a week to 10 shows a week. And that can't be a bad thing. And from where I stand, that's that's not a bad thing at all. So yeah. there's, there's places that you can focus your effort. And by doing just a little bit of this business stuff every week, if you came in here and were really conscious about, okay, Monday, my goal for the week is 14 conversations. So I need to, maybe Monday you list out 30 people you could talk to. Tuesday, you start texting and messaging people and you're going to spend an hour doing that. And maybe you get through five of them. Tuesday or Wednesday, you're going to get through the other, the next five. And then Thursday, you're going to get through the last five because by Thursday, you're in show mode and you're doing shows right. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And it's not really like, Maybe you don't want to be spending your time and focus on the business stuff, right? So that's one way you could work that out. But what you would come in here and use the app for, and the great part about this is I'm going to give you a free copy of this so that you can start using it if you'd like. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. Is that, for example, you have these conversations. And if you just did that, just doubled the number of conversations for the next month, right? So what we would do for this yeah. month is we would go in and track um, what our actual numbers are for the month to see what the data shows us about our efforts. Because we don't want to just blindly double the number of calls and be talking to people who, want, who don't lead to shows. Because if we doubled it, but the shows stayed the same, that showed us something, right? right. That would show us we talked to the wrong people or we hit up people too soon since the last show or whatever, right? So what I would do if I were in your situation is I would come in and go, okay, my goal is 14 or 15 conversations per week. I like 15 because that's an even number of like five on Monday, five on Tuesday, five on Wednesday, right? And most of us could yeah. call or email or text five people in a day. We could probably do that in 20 or 30 minutes plus the additional time to actually have a conversation. Maybe it's an hour or two a day. And then I would set that as the goal. And then every week, either, yeah, put in 15 because I hit the goal. Or if you did more than that or less than that, put in the actual number. And then write down at the, at you know, next Monday. So maybe you come and do this every Monday. How many shows did I end up with last week? Well, I had this Wednesday show, two on Thursday, two on Friday, two on Saturday. So that was seven shows. Okay. Or maybe it's, you know, I did 10 the next week. And then I did 12 and then I did 12 more. So all of a sudden, over the course of a month, you can see we went from 20 shows last month to 41 shows this month. And the only thing that changed was doubling the number of conversations that we had with people. Right. And yeah. then yeah, our hypothesis has to prove out of like, OK, well, did I take a bunch of shows that were five and 10 people and we have the same number? Because what we're really after, right, is more of these number of laugh moments. 
So we yes. need to make sure that the audience is increasing as well. So maybe this week was 400, but then it went, it stayed at 400 this week. We realized that and we went, wow, two weeks ago I did seven shows and got 400 people. This week I did 10 shows and did 400 people. So am I optimizing for more shows because that equals more revenue or am I optimizing for more people because that's going to lead more to these moments? It's up to you what you want to optimize for. And maybe we get to 600 here and 600 here. So all of a sudden we got 2,000 people instead of 1,200 people the last month, which means mm -hmm. that we actually hit and then we end up getting one of those moments. Somebody leaves a comment or sends us an, an email or the venue owner says, hey, man, someone came up to me after the gig and said this. And or you hear it through the grapevine or something. It's like all of a sudden you've done something active to get a result for your business that is going to help you know that you're on the right track, that makes it keeps it fulfilling, that increases your revenue, that helps you figure out. Because think about this. If you're going to double the number of shows, well, maybe there aren't that many shows. Maybe you've got to create three shows a week yourself. Who knows, right? But because you want, because depending on where you're putting your focus, that's going to lead to the kind of things that you do, the actions you take. So if all your focus is on having more conversations, well, maybe you need to find more people to talk to or go back to that list and, and start hitting up new people or you know, doing shows at different venues more frequently, right? But if you say that your focus is on doing more shows, maybe your actions look more like, well, how do I partner with two or three of my comedy buddies and decide, okay, Tuesday nights, me and Ryan are going to do a, a combined show every week. And then me and Jake are going to do another one on Wednesdays. And me and Fred are going to be doing another one on Thursdays, right? So that all of a sudden you're you're taking control of the things you have control over. And then, again, if you want to focus on just the, the audience number, you could say, all right, well, how do I get more people to these shows? I'm going to keep the same number of shows, five a week, but I want to triple or double the number of audience. How am I going to do that? And then it's up to you to kind of go in and decide where you want to put your focus and how then are you going to get that outcome that you're after. I love that. And it's... Uh... It's kind of neat to to track this type of thing because let's be honest, as as an entertainer, I have let so many things just be in the ether where I'm like, well, at the start of the show, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to get famous. I don't know how to be successful in this industry. It seems to be all a little bit uh, magic. Uh, but yeah, to give me something that I could say, okay, this is what I can control. That's exciting because that that gives me somewhat of a. Sometimes people go, "What do you do every day?" And I'm like, <laughs> mm, "Should I admit that I make up?" <laughs> like, I get embarrassed when I'm like, "I mean, I stay busy. I'm not just sitting at home. I really am staying busy and doing things." And but I I get tremendously distracted every day as well. Whereas like, what did you do? And then eventually I go, I reorganized the kitchen. <laughs> did I become a better comedian? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But I felt busy, felt really busy. So that was good. You know, so for me to have something that uh, 
that can kind of like I can quantify daily that says I'm working on this because right now it's like I write daily. But like and I try to work with my agent on sending emails and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. beyond that, I I'm a little bit shooting in the dark somewhat because uh, it, it is a weird career um, and I didn't plan for it. So <laughs> to have something that can kind of give me uh, more of a solid plan and then. I mean, you could kind of feel when you're like, I could feel like this would work. Like going, okay, if I increase my number of shows and stuff like that, I could see that leading to more. Um, either way, even if it doesn't, it's exciting to try to mess with it and see what, what can work, you know? Yeah. That, I love that you said, I mean, my last question was going to be, what was kind of your aha moments from today? But you fed me those perfectly, which is exciting to hear that there was some tangible like takeaways from today. That means the podcast worked. Yay. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, totally. I love that you said it feels sometimes like you're shooting in the dark. And yeah, I really feel like one of the things that we built this tool for was to help artists and creatives who a lot of times feel like they're shooting in the dark when it comes to the business stuff of their business to say, hey, you don't have to, right? You can you can focus on just one thing a week and putting in those four numbers is going to take you like two minutes, right? So it's a it's an additional mm -hmm. step that you're not currently doing, but it's not like, hey, you're going to spend two hours a day going into this app and making sure, no. It's like go in and put in four numbers a week and see what it tells you. And all of a sudden, you're, the lights, it's like a light switch gets turned on. You're not shooting in the dark anymore. You're going, wow. I doubled the number of people I spoke to, and that led to more shows, which led to more people, which can only lead to a more followers on social media and stuff, which is uh -huh. another goal that we have for you, but it's not the right. goal, right? Because if it was just about getting more followers on social media, it's a completely different, different set of actions that may not actually get you to the thing you really care about, which is those moments where you're contributing to someone in a meaningful way. So I'm excited for you. That's very cool. Like I said, um, as we were going through it, I'm going to send you a free copy of this. And Thank you. That's awesome. that also comes with like some free training and some free like videos on how to use the entire app so that if you want to get into finances and marketing and sales, all that stuff, it's built into the app in, the, in a similar way to what we went through today. So I would recommend though, just using one part of it for right now and seeing how that focus apparently my do not disturb on my phone is off now so <laughs> who yeah, knows yeah. what's going on we got yeah. text messages rolling in now on the screen exciting. Um, yeah very busy very busy i'm gonna send you a free copy of this and for those that are watching and listening if you would like to get a copy you can go to benchmark.app that's benchmark without the vowels b-n-c-h-m-r-k.app and get a copy for yourself that also comes with some awesome training, similar to what me and Steve went through today. So Steve, thank you for being on the podcast. We're like over an hour at this point. So thank you for your time. Let's end with uh, where can people find out more about you and subscribe to your stuff and follow along on your journey and see you at a show? Like, where do you want to send people to go and learn more about Steve Solberg? Yeah, uh, you can find So my website's uh, stevesolberg.com. Um, but probably the quickest, easiest way to follow me is Instagram, Facebook. Both of them are just under my name. Um, 
they i i of course have a personal facebook account it's gotten too full and so there's a steve solberg comedian so follow me there uh, because that one i can control better and post more regularly to that one or if you're an instagrammer uh just steve solberg um on instagram is my handle same thing with twitter awesome um, yeah and i post to all of those so this has been huge though. I do want to say just thank you, Darren, for giving me something to kind of focus on because 2020, I think like anybody else can say it's been overwhelming and it's been difficult to know what to focus on because previously I had agents who go, you get to go here, 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 here. And I was like, great. And then they kind of went, I don't know, man, let's do some emails. And that's what we're doing. Uh, so to have something tangible that I can go, okay, let's try tracking this. It has me excited. It's something to start. It's like, uh, it's the making my bed in the morning thing. <laughs> I started making my bed in the morning in 2020 and it's made a difference. <laughs> I used to think people who said do that are dumb. So hopefully this will be the same, uh, same effect there where I, I see some dramatic changes from small things. Awesome. Love it. I'm excited for you. I'm excited to see how it all plays out. And uh, I think I, I had this idea today about maybe we should do a little check-ins 30 days or 60 days after we have somebody. I would love that. A little 10 minute follow-up. Hey, did you do it? How did it go? What was the result? Because I care about that. I actually want to know if it worked. It's not just about, hey, let's have you on the podcast. And hopefully a lot of people go check out the app. It's like, no, I, my outcome is how can I help as many creatives and artists and freelancers and small business owners figure out how to control the results in their business so that they can live a good life doing what they love. And I have this weird specific set of skills that allows me to kind of make apps, do coaching and run podcasts and all this stuff, but it's yeah. for that outcome. So I'd love to do that. Maybe in two months, we do a little 10 minute check-in and see how it all- I would love that. Awesome. All right, man. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please subscribe, like, share, all that stuff. Um, make sure to tell your friends that Steve is awesome and go follow him. And we will see you next week. Thanks, man. Take care. Thank you again for listening to or watching today's episode. Once again, we remind you to go check out the free training we have for you at benchmark.app. That's B-N-C-H-M-R-K.app and learn more about this tool we've built to help people like you get control over the results of your business. Check it out today and get the free training at bnchmrk.app.